0: You are now tuned in to another episode of the Sales Development Podcast. Powered by TenBound, hosted by David Denver, my name is James Bodden, here to introduce episode 205 featuring David Brown, Senior Sales Development Manager at Electric. This episode kicks off with David and David bonding a bit over their love for basketball. And then the episode gets going as David Brown talks about emotional intelligence and its importance to SDR leaders and frontline SDRs. At the 15 minute mark, our host asks David who inspired him to be the leader he is today. And David talks a bit about who's influenced him, through his journey and the things that he's learned from those leaders. At the 20 minute mark, we get tactical. David shares some great ground level advice on how he coaches his team to personalize messages efficiently. This is fantastic and useful advice for any SDR or any SDR leader listening. Around the 30 minute mark, David and David discuss the power of building rapport with prospects how his top reps are doing it, and some of the things that he's seen work on him through platforms like LinkedIn. As the episode wraps up, David talks about his team-first mindset and how it can help SDRs and SDR leaders avoid burnout. Look, this episode is chock full of valuable information, tactical information about the SDR role, how to lead an SDR team, and if you enjoy this episode, Be sure to leave a rating, head over to 10Bound.com, and for now, enjoy episode 205 featuring David Brown, Senior Sales Development Manager at Electric.
1: Hello, welcome to another edition of the Sales Development Podcast. This is David Denver, your host, and today we're going to be speaking with Senior Sales Development Manager at Electric, Mr. David Brown. Hey, welcome to the show, David.
2: Hey, David, nice to meet you, and thanks for having me on the show. Definitely appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, first and foremost, I mean, obviously we had a conversation last week. I know how much of a basketball fan you are. So how about those heats dealing game one in the Eastern Finals?
2: Oh, you're speaking my language. Heat Nation. Anybody else listening? Heat Nation, Heat Nation, Heat Nation. I'm so, so happy for my team making it to Eastern Conference Finals and then pulling out the win versus Celtics last night. So excited to see what we can do in the playoff run.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Buckets was on fire. I mean, what, he put up 39, was it? Did he finish 39? 41
2: points. 41. Jimmy Buckets.
1: Yeah, Jimmy Buckets in the house. That's what's up. So, (laughs) And then not just that, but on top of that, for Florida Nation, the Orlando Magic pulling off a little magic themselves by getting that number one pick in the NBA draft.
2: Yes, yes. Super excited for the hometown team. Orlando Magic getting number one pick. have some friends in the organization over there. So I know they're super excited, got some really good prospects in the pipeline for as a number one pick for Orlando. So hopefully they make the right selection for the team that can enhance their seasons next year.
1: No doubt. No doubt. So first, obviously just, I dig how much of a fan you are, but I'm sure we could talk basketball all day, but with this being the sales development podcast, let's kind of dig into a few things. One of the things that really stood out to me when we spoke last week was talking about emotional intelligence and really how to leverage that in the workplace and not just in the workplace, but as a sales development leader. So, you know, why don't you just kick us off by like talking a little bit about, you know, EQ and really how you're leveraging that on a day-to-day basis?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. And I think it's a topic that a lot of leaders should be focusing on, especially in a remote environment, but then also even in person. I think emotional intelligence is like is the new currency in the world, right? You have to be able to relate to somebody, especially understanding their perspective, understanding their background, where they came from, what their goals, their aspirations are, just having a genuine interest in the person. So that way you know how to communicate to that person's why, right? Their belief system. But I think a lot of times with emotional intelligence, it starts with you as a person. You have to understand yourself. You have to have self-awareness, right? Self-management. Recognize your own emotions and how they affect your thoughts and your behaviors. And also being in tune with your strengths and weaknesses, right? And having that self-confidence to work through both. With those two things put together, I think that communication becomes a lot easier, regardless mm-hmm. if it's through a Zoom chat or through Slack or Teams, whatever communication tool somebody has or in person, because you have that emotional intelligence about yourself, but then also you have a vested interest in the person you're speaking with.
1: Yeah, no, that's great. And I'm such a big fan of this. You know, a lot of folks, even some of my, you know, well, you know, close friends would say, you know, Denver, you really are in tune with not just your feelings, but you really like to be able to understand the room, understand who you're dealing with on a day to day basis. But you really do have to treat everybody on an individual basis as a sales development leader a little bit differently. I mean, would you agree with that?
2: I do agree. I think it's an opportunity to take the time to understand the person at a fundamental level, personal level, professional level, or whatever it looks like. No two people are the same, no fingerprints the same. So I think you need to treat everybody individually and cater to what they need to be successful.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, the way that I have always seen emotional intelligence getting broken down is really, you know, five different buckets, right? There's the self-awareness, self-regulation, social skills, empathy, and motivation. So all of that kind of wrapped up in one, you know, how does emotional intelligence really improve sales leadership? Like someone for you as an individual, are you taking it a step further by checking in with, let's say one of your team, you know, someone on your team had a bad day, you know, personally, I mean, are you checking in on them on a day-to-day basis outside of their KPIs and their metrics? Or, you know, maybe walk through like, your leadership style and like really how you really connect and get buy-in from your team?
2: Yeah, that's a great question, David. Answer your question. I do check in with my reps and the people that I lead on a day-to-day basis outside of KPIs, but then also like my colleagues as well, because I do work cross-departmentally. But I think that the number one thing that I do is specifically in one-on-ones or just regular check-ins, I let the reps know that, hey, listen, you're a person before you're an SDR right? SDR is the hat that you wear, but you are a person and I value you as a person, number one. Number two, before we start any type of metrics conversation, performance conversation, right? It's always how are you doing personally, right? How is your life personally? How's things at home? How's your hobbies? Like how would that concert go that you went to last week? I have a genuine interest about the person's aspirations, likes, families, like all that good stuff. I want to make sure that they understand that I actually care. And it's not a smokescreen. It's more of like, I really do want to know how you're doing because it wraps up in your mental health and your stability and just being able to feel valued and heard by your leader. The second, I ask them how they're doing professionally. I want to check in, like, how are you doing professionally? You know, are you trending upwards in your career path? Do you feel like it's attainable? Do you feel motivated towards it? Right. With those two things combined, I think that you're attacking the belief system and catering to their belief system on both sides of the fence, one, their personal side, then also professional side, then they'll feel like, Hey, I have a leader that actually cares about me holistically, not just because I put up, you know, 20 meetings this week or close X amount of dollars in sales. They care about me as a person.
1: Yeah. I couldn't say it any better. I mean, you know, really giving that extra touch, you know, showing your team that you're a human. Yes. At the end of the day, you're still their manager. You're still their boss, but have that feeling of like, you're there to almost serve them. Like, how can you help rather than what I've seen in, not personally, like in my career, but some sales development leaders lead with fear. And I think I- leading with empathy is such an important piece. And Gary V says it all the time, you leveraging those soft skills, that's really where the money's at. And it's not like you're trying to pull over on someone and just You know, blow smoke and pretend like you care, but like genuinely having those feelings, caring about your team. You know, personally, I've found that, you know, everyone that has reported to me simply they dig it because they feel like that you're going into the weeds with them and that you're going to die trying with them. And so it's such a beautiful thing to hear other sales development leaders, such as yourself, David, that you're leading this way. But, you know, transitioning into another question, it's like, How do you coach up to somebody that's not hitting their KPIs, that's not doing well? Maybe they had a bad personal day. How do you try to save someone from almost getting on a performance, you know, almost like a PIP? You want to be there and support them. But at the same time, we still have a business to run. We still have to be able to bring in revenue and you have a boss, right? So like, how do you find that balance?
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think it's done on the front end, right? When you first inherit or hire that rep, right? You want to connect at a personal level. For example, career pathing, where does that person want to go, right? And why do they want to get there? What's their why behind getting there? And that's the foundation on everything that's built, right? Whether you have a tough conversation or a great conversation, right? Managing through KPIs and the data, telling them, hey, you're not making enough calls, or you're not sending enough emails, the conversations become more natural because it's tied to their career path, it's tied to their belief system, and the conversations start to become more of a partnership conversation, right? Versus like a, hey, I'm cracking the whip and I need you to do this. Or like managing, like you said before, managing through fear. The reps now are bought into, hey, my leader believes in my vision and my career path, and I also believe in my vision and career path. And so now we're gonna work together to get there but I need to uphold my end of the bargain. Right. And my manager is going to uphold the end of his or her bargain. Right. So now we need to work together. And if at any point I don't uphold my end of the bargain, since that relationship has been developed, I'm allowing my manager to coach me hard and have the tough conversations. And it's going to be received differently. And it's going to be received better because we're both working towards a goal. The way you can look at this visually is a triangle, right? So the bottom of a triangle is accountability and both arms or both sides of the triangle. One side is the rep. One side is you, the leader. And then the pinnacle is the goal. At any point, accountability gets compromised at the bottom. Then it makes the triangle unstable, right? At any point, if I don't have accountability on my side, then the rep is doing more work and I'm just kind of relaxing versus like, hey, the rep. If you relax at any point, I may be having more of a strain on the triangle and trying to support us than the rep is. And so when you paint that picture of like, hey, accountability is the foundation of how we work together. I'm supporting your goals and your dreams, but then you also are supporting the business goals and dreams. We need to work together to get there. So yeah, that's the best answer I can give you on how to manage the KPIs because at the end of the day, yes, reps will be on performance plans at some point based on performance because the business does have a responsibility to drive revenue, but the conversations become more logical and more partnership oriented versus a uh, fear tactic.
1: No, for sure. And so, you know, for the folks out there that might not be as familiar with EQ, right? Like, do you have any tips or tricks besides the fact that like how there could be some methods really to boost EQ is it can somebody learn it? Like what about EQ like how can somebody start getting more in tune and getting them like ramped up with like how they can be a better leader.
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I would say the first step is to look inward first, right? Like think about yourself, you know, how do you respond to positive or negative situations, right? Do you get rattled by the first thing that's tough or some adversity or do you rise to the occasion, right? Do you follow through on your commitments? Can you adapt to constant change and thrive in it? You know, how do you respond Because if you're able to manage your own response, then you understand, hey, if reps in a similar situation, they're probably feeling this way to change, or they're they're probably feeling this way to adversity. Now you understand, you can get a better understanding of what they're going through because you know how to look inward first, right? I'd say that's the first one is is self-management. The second thing is self-awareness. Just recognizing your own emotions, again, your strengths and your weaknesses, and being okay to put that on display in front of your reps so they understand like you're a real person. You know, I tell my reps all the time, I'm like, hey, listen, I don't know the answer to that question. And I'll be the first one to tell you. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna go find the answer together and we're both gonna learn together. So whenever something like this happens again, we'll know how to respond to it. But then also we can teach somebody else or you can teach somebody else, right? And just being open and honest to your reps and letting them know you're a real person. I think the third and fourth thing is social awareness, like you were saying before, David, having empathy, right? Understanding your emotions, but then also understanding the emotions of a rep and what they go through on a day-to-day basis, knowing that, hey, they're going through things personally, going through things professionally, whether they're on top of the mountain or in the valley, you want to be empathetic to them in their situation. And lastly is just, you know, managing relationships. You know, how do you develop relationships? Are they superficial at the surface layer or do you have a genuine curiosity in a person's life and interests, that you want to create a relationship that is cemented on some sort of good foundation, right? And that would lead you to being able to influence and inspire others to work in a team or individually and charge towards a goal that you've painted for them.
1: Yeah, no, that's great, and I think it's you know so crucial for leaders, just like what you described, is really to aspire, to unite, motivate, and really you know align others to master this skill. So, you know, transitioning, like, who's the individual in your life that really must have inspired you to be this type of a leader, right? Like, or is this just type like the leadership that you have always wanted? Like, you know, for me, I never had a mentor. Like, I treat leadership as finding, I call it little David, like giving younger David the leader that he never had. And that's the leader I wanted to be. But is there someone in your life that really kind of like, you know, took you under their wing and really helped you out? Because I'd love to hear that. And I'm sure the listeners would as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, I definitely can share that. I can share. I'm a man of faith as well. So like on the spiritual side, you know, God has been number one driver in my life of what servant leadership looks like. And I've mirrored a lot of the similarities from him. Practically also in real life right here on earth, it's more of my coaches, right? I played basketball growing up and a lot of my coaches were really really good at getting me to run really fast but at understanding like my limits as well but then also turning the knobs in my career path and my goals where i wanted to go really wanted to play division 1 basketball i vocally said it all the time to the coaches and they saw that i worked extremely hard had some skill gaps right i wasn't a perfect player but they really were able to just talk to my belief system of where I want to go, but then also being a stand-up guy in the process. My coach now—he's at Ohio State University as the head coach there. Chris Holtman—he was very instrumental in you know turning those knobs of being a servant leader, and it's no surprise of like how he rose to, through the ranks so fast because that's how he leads his teams. Along with other sales leaders, another guy his name's Neil. Neil was, was super instrumental in my life. He was my previous VP of Sales. We talk every two weeks because I value him. I value how he leads and I value how he invested in my life to get me to the point where I am today. And last person I want to call out, her name is Ashley DeCurtis. She's a sales director at another company. She was a coworker of mine that we built a lot of things together in the past. And we were able to lead each other with empathy because we were going through the same things, but she had skills that I didn't have. I had skills that she didn't have, but we were able to work together and lead each other through empathy and understanding each other through emotional intelligence as well.
1: That's amazing. I'm so happy to hear that. I know that we haven't had the chance to really talk through that one-to-one. So it's like great to hear it. This is the first time I'm hearing it. And that's great that the listeners are be able to kind of understand who you are behind the sales development manager, right? The senior sales development manager of who David Brown, you know, really is. And You know, but on the other end of that, you know, if an SDR doesn't have that type of a leader or mentor and they're in a toxic environment, you know, what type of advice would you give them? Like, would it be to join different type of groups on, you know, LinkedIn? Is it going to obviously like maybe the church or some group that they can connect with to be able to find somebody? I mean, what would that look like in your eyes?
2: Yeah, I think there's a lot of value in finding social groups positive social groups that are going to help you put you in the environment of people that embody maybe emotional intelligence and empathy in those traits, right? So just surrounding yourself in those environments and finding those. I think LinkedIn is such a powerful untapped tool where you can search anything, find anything that somebody says, right? So if you see a leader that is constantly talking about like empathy, I think you mentioned Gary V before, but empathy and emotional intelligence and talking about adversity and how you handle adversity and change and the responses to that, right? You want to follow those people and follow their messaging, right? And then I would look at, you know, some of the people they are connected with and, you know, be that person that reaches out and say, Hey, look, I read your post, right? And I love what you're talking about. This is what I'm struggling with. What do you suggest that I should do as a first step? Or, hey, do you have a couple of minutes? I would love to chat through your post because it resonates with me and it's something that I'm working on, I wanna get better at. you know. Again, as an SDR, that's a life, right? Finding some sort of personalization, reaching out to that person, making the conversation in the tone relevant for them to say, hey, yeah, I'll actually meet with you. If that's something that you're craving as an SDR or as a rep, look in social groups, check on LinkedIn, see who you can follow, but then also look within your company, right? Your leader may not be that empathetic person, but I guarantee there's somebody in the, another department that is. And start having conversations and introducing yourself, whether it's Slack, Teams, Zoom meetings, whatever the case is, you know, go get it. If you really want it, go get it and align yourself with the people that are speaking the language that you want to speak.
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean, you know, to piggyback off of that, you know, one of the things that I've always done was go through sales navigator, right? Like if you find a sales leader, like I would end up searching something along the lines of like director or VP of sales development, you know, from there, I would go inside their profile to see if they are hitting those buzzwords and talking about empathy, you know, compassion, leading from the front, et cetera. And then do what we do as sales development, you know, folks like sales development reps, like writing something, a personalized one-to-one message, almost if we're setting a de- demo or a meeting and try to find them as a mentor of being like, hey, can I have a few minutes to chat, right? This post resonated with me because, right? It's the same thing that we do with value props, et cetera. But doing that personalization to help improve your skill set is so crucial. So I, I'm really glad you hit on that. Once again, this is not about me, this is about you. And, you know, this is your episode, but I think it's just so important for folks that are struggling out there that don't feel like they have a leader. It's just so, so important to try to not just take it, but to like, look elsewhere to try to find that leader that can help inspire you or that mentor. So very well said, David, you know, and that just touched on so many other things, right? Like we talk about one-to-one, we talk about personalization. Now let's kind of get into the weeds just a little bit with like EQ and then also writing emails, right? So like, there's, yeah. how do you mix in that one-to-one personalization, you know, either persona based messaging plus one-to-one mess, like walk through those steps of like how you're coaching your reps on how to like write those one-to-one messages within their tier one book of business.
2: Yeah, that's a really good question. I always coach my reps on finding something that's relevant, right? Specifically at a persona level, you want to find something that's personalized. Go on their LinkedIn, right? Check their education, right? If they're a Duke fan, talk about Duke, right? If they went to Duke, talk about Duke. If they love hiking and bike riding, they put that in their bio, use that. If they're somebody that loves to build and scale systems, talk about that. Be a fan of that right and genuine fan not superficial of like hey i saw that you did this no like hey i thought it was really interesting that you wrote in your linkedin bio that you like to build and scale businesses wow that's awesome right or hey i saw that you went to duke wow what a game they had last night or what a national championship run they had last year what do you think they're going to do next year right being very genuine in your first line of personalization because it does two things one it shows that you did your research but two, on the practical level, a lot of people read their emails on their phone. First thing they're going to see is that first line as a preview, and they're going to want to click in and say, okay, I want to read more, right? That's number one. Two, making sure that a subject line is relevant and tied to your personalization. Coach reps on one to three words. A lot of industry knowledge says to make it lowercase, which I agree with. Making it short, concise, tied to the personalization up front or relevancy in the messaging. Is super important. And then from there, you transition into your observation, like, hey, I speak with a lot of CEOs and this is what they're experiencing In- inserting some sort of business problem, pain, right? Relativity and tie it with the value prop of your company and how you solve for it, right? And then closing with an interest-based call to action. And the reason why it's interest-based is because everything that you said prior should be interesting right? So at the end, the prospect should say, yeah, I'm pretty interested in what you're saying. Making the email completely short, concise, to the point, interesting. Interest-based call to action can be, hey, worth your time to take a look. Hey, would it be a crazy idea to see if insert your company name could be a solve for you, right? And giving the prospect the power to respond from an interest-based level. The last thing I'll leave you with here is P.S., I absolutely love PS. You'll hear me talk about PS at the end or all the times in my coaching and trainings is it gives you another space of real estate to just personalize again, right? And just introduce another thought, right? So PSs are super powerful where it comes to like, hey, PS, we would love to send you some lunch on us, right? After we meet. Hey, PS, I saw that you were interested in badminton. Are you in any leagues or something like that? Something off the wall or something relevant, but it gives you another line of personalization and another thought that you can introduce for the prospect to read.
1: Yeah, I'm also a huge fan of the PSs, right? Like, so for some of the things that I've done in the past is, you know, for example, today, if I have my team that is looking to prospect into, let's say Miami, right? Like I look at sports and then even if I'm not a sports fan, I dig into the stats. I'm like, PS. Do you see Jimmy Buckets put up 41 last night? Super, like he went off or Tyler Hero. Like this is looking like 2020 all over again. Tyler Hero really stepping up, right? Because you can dig in like, right. It might not show on their LinkedIn, but if you go on Facebook, Instagram, and you're seeing that they're a Miami Heat fan, or maybe they're not even, but they're in Miami, something crazy. They might've been at the bar the other night and seeing everyone cheer while they're at a business meeting. So obviously- it touched them in some way where it could have gave them a chance to respond. The call to action is, hey, did you see the Miami Heat game last night? You know, question mark. Like, what a great game. So it's not like them responding to take a meeting right away. It's you're building that rapport and then building that relationship, virtual friendship, which later builds the trust. And you become more that expert, right? So that agreed that way when you have just a casual conversation it's less of a pitch and more of a conversation so pss for all the listeners out there like i'm so glad you brought that up david cuz that is something that i'm huge with so start trying the pss build those relationships and yeah you know thinking about you know the outreach one of the questions that keeps getting brought up like sdrs like i'll get maybe five to seven DMs a day from SDRs, either folks that I used to coach or people that are looking to get some additional insight or some help or coaching on my end. And they say, you know, David or Denver, there's two Davids on here. Denver, like (laughs) (laughs) the first email, like do you ever like try to just build rapport with them before even talking about the company? And I'm like, absolutely. You want to get to know someone like, Yes, like it's a backdoor play where it's kind of like, okay, well, what do you want, right? But it's kind of like throwing them off a little bit. Like you're legitimately just trying to get to know them as a person and it may or may not work, but I have leveraged and my team has leveraged tools to really get some insight of who the leader is. And if you find someone on their profile that talks a lot about things that they like to do and that they're passionate about, if you write a first email and you talk about how passionate, you know, they are or whatever the case may be about like running or playing, you know, shooting pool with friends, like be able to mention that in an email, the chances of getting a response is quite high. And then on your second email, you can then talk about a little bit more about what the company does and seeing if they would have some interest with the PS adding, Hey, love to give you some lunch. Like, you know, us pool sharks got to stick together. Right. (laughs) Like, right. Something like that, the curveball, if you know they're a basketball fan, you could even do like fun stuff like having bets. Hey, if the Celtics win tonight, I'll end up giving you a $50 e-gift There's something like fun that like looks different, that breaks through the digital clutter. So right on, David. I totally dig that. Have so much respect for that. And dude, you have the right roadmap of like really how you're coaching your folks. That's huge, man.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that, David. And, you know, just to add on to what you're saying there, I think you're spot on with building rapport. And I have a rep that's really good at doing this through LinkedIn. I think that's a good parallel to email messaging, but then also being kind of like a ninja in LinkedIn and developing that personal connection. I can't tell you the amount of times that people have reached out to me via LinkedIn that has just said, hey, we do this, 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 and that, and I delete it. And then somebody else reaches out to me and says, hey, I read your post yesterday, and this is what resonated with me. Awesome. Keep doing your thing. Then they bump up another message. "Hey." I love that post that you did. I saw that you played against Duke. That picture was amazing. Like, what was it like playing at Cameron Indoor Stadium? Bump up another message. Hey, I saw that you got... And then they go to more of account-based. Hey, I was doing some research on electric and looks like you guys are growing pretty fast, right? The two touches before got me to respond and have a conversation in the middle of my workday on my phone, right? To now when that person wants to reach out and talk to me about business, that person is ready to develop the relationship with me on two LinkedIn posts that I made. And they actually were just talking about the LinkedIn post. That's more powerful than any sales pitch as your first message in LinkedIn. So to your point, David, you're spot on, develop that rapport, get that person to trust you, build trust, be that person's biggest fan. Even if you're not a fan of it, learn how to like it, right? And have a genuine interest in that person because that person likes it. So if you have a genuine interest in that person, you're going to like some of the things that they like or learn to like or be open to liking some of the things they like and talk about it.
0: For
1: sure. For sure. And I think you know if SDRs can really get a clear understanding that this is not just about setting meetings, this is setting themselves up to have an amazing career because the people that they network with today and that they're reaching out to today, they're soon enough going to not just be sales development managers or they're not gonna be just sales develop like directors of sales development, VPs of sales development. They're gonna be future CEOs and they're gonna remember that outreach. So when it's time to hire sales development managers, directors, et cetera, you're setting the tone and you're setting the stage and you're interviewing every time you send a message out because a sloppy outreach today and you apply for a job tomorrow and you eventually end up getting at a last interview, they will remember that. They will be like, that name sounds familiar. They were sloppy outreach. And that could ultimately affect their career for the rest of their life. So I think it's really important to know it's, oh, it's not just setting meetings. I want to make, you know, Mr. David Brown happy and make Electric happy. It's they're interviewing every single day. I mean, would you agree with
2: that? 100% agree with that. It's your living and breathing resume of skills. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think, you know, a lot of the time, Sometimes when I've been around some negative SDRs, it kind of hurts because it's just like, well, if, if this company paid me more, then I'll get to work. Well, okay. But one, you're not beating your craft. So you're hurting yourself. One, two, you're probably going with that attitude. You're probably going to be on your way out sooner than later, because you're not going to be hitting your metrics, you're not going to be hitting your KPIs and you know, the attitude, it can really be damaging to the culture that you're building. So it just does so much harm when I think SDRs think they're doing a solid by like, hey, if I hold my stance, I'll I'll get my raise or my promotion, but they're hurting themselves. And it's really sad to see the destruction that's happening, the self-destruction. I mean, what advice could you give an SDR that might be struggling, like might be struggling with the fact that you know, they feel like they should be either getting paid more, or like they're just like super negative. Like, how do you flip that script or flip that mindset?
2: Yeah, I think there's a quote and for everyone's listening, don't quote me if I'm, I'm wrong, but <laughs> if you want to run fast, run alone. If you want to run far, run together, right. Or run in a pack. I love that. Right. So thinking about that mindset of like, Hey, if you want to run fast, that's cool. You know, you can run by yourself. You're going to get tired. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to be disgruntled. You're going to be mad at some point. You're going to stop. Right. But if you want to run far and when you think about running far and long distance, there's a certain pace that you have to run. I and mean, if you're running together, somebody's most likely setting the pace as like the leader of the pack and the rest of the pack is like, Hey, look, we're trying to get to the finish line together. And this SDR in my group or in my team is leading the charge and helping me and run this race fast or together. I'm going to keep up, right? Because I'm a part of this team. I feel a part of this team. So if an SDR is on an island, they have to be okay with the things that happen on the island, right? But if an SDR wants to run far, they're going to swallow some of their pride and understand that, hey, you know, the team is bigger than me. I'm not bigger than the team. And I can only go as far as I want to if I'm a part of the team and the team is first. Because it becomes a responsibility of like, I have to... Own my book of business. I have to own my own professionalism because it not only affects me, it affects my team. I think there's a lot more power in that, in surrounding yourself as an SDR on a team that's moving and going somewhere far versus, hey, I'll run fast in my own lane. You're going to get burnt out. You're going to get tired. And you're most likely to be upset at the end of it.
1: Straight drop in wisdom, man. Straight drop in wisdom. And, you know, this has just been such an enlightening, you know, episode. You know, not only for me, because this is such a great topic and every single day, you know, for me that I'm trying to develop more emotional intelligence, really understanding my room, understanding the room that I'm in and always asking for constant feedback. Like, hey, I felt this way in a meeting that you may have, you know, felt irritated. Right. And it's not just to get feedback because I'm fearful that I might have rubbed someone the wrong way, but I want to gauge if I was correct with that emotion. So I'm always trying to test myself of being like, Hey, you know, after our conversation, like that was, you know, I felt so good after our chat, like just trying to like get the other individual to be receptive, to be like, yeah, no, that was awesome. Like whatever the case was to make sure that whatever I felt inside my chest, that it was reality. And it was not just like, Oh, I think this went great. And then it didn't. Right. So, right. This has just been so awesome, David. It's been awesome and great having you on the show. And for all the listeners out there, just continue to ask for feedback, get together with mentors out there that are really going to help you elevate your game. And also just try to eliminate and try to get out of the weeds with some of the negative folks that may be on your team, get out of the gossip because that's only going to bring you down. But once again, senior sales development manager or electric David Brown, you've been awesome. It's been great getting to know you on a personal level and you know, look forward to chatting with you and continuing to build our relationship as we both now are uh, out in Orlando.
2: Yeah, likewise, David. We're definitely gonna meet up in person. Can't wait for that day. But you know, shout out to you, David, for this podcast and all of the things that you're putting on LinkedIn. I follow you. I see all your posts daily. SDRs that are listening, any leaders that are listening, follow David Denver because this guy is a wealth of knowledge. He is that empathetic leader. He is that thought leader. So shout out to you for putting together this podcast, owning this podcast, and just putting out great content for SDRs and leaders to use to level up their professional and personal life. So really, really excited to be on. Anything that you need, David, you know, you got a fan over here in your back pocket. So happy to be a part of this.
1: No doubt, man. And you better believe we're going to be hitting up some magic game. And shoot, we might as well just drive down three and a half hours to go catch them. World champion NBA final champs 2022 Miami Heat, right? We're calling it right now. (laughs) We're we're, we're calling it today. Let's go. Let's go, Let's go. (laughs) All right. Well, hey, have a great rest of your day. Thanks again, listeners, for tuning in. Once again, David Denver signing off at the Sales Development Podcast with David Brown. Everybody be well. Thank you for listening to the sales
2: development podcast, the only audio forum 100% focused and dedicated to sales development with your host, David Delaney. Please be sure to subscribe to the show on YouTube and take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. Your support makes our show possible. If you are struggling with your sales development program, contact us at 10bound.com for a no obligation exploratory call. Again, that's 10bound.com.